0: And welcome to the Confusion to Clarity Podcast. This podcast is for anybody who needs that reminder that they really are capable of achieving amazing things. Each week we will be diving deep into all things mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. Hosted by me, Natalie, a clinical hypnotherapist, psychotherapist, coach, mum, and lover of all things mindset and manifestation. When listening I want to give you a break from reality. I'm going to share with you the tools and techniques that you need to make your goals reality so you can stop playing small. Hello and welcome back. I hope you're all well and have had a great week. So this week I wanted to do something that I've not done in a while and that is a question and answer episode. So I asked via Instagram if anybody had any mindset questions that they would like me to answer And I've picked out four of them to answer today. So if you have any questions that you would like me to answer and you like this kind of style of episode, then please feel free to pop them below in the comments or if you'd rather email them to me, you can do that too. So the first question that somebody asked me was, what is one way that I can manifest more into my life? And this question has lots of different answers. And I think depending on who answers it, you're going to get a different response. So um, when I was thinking about this question and how kind of I felt to answer it, it made me think about the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So this is a really interesting book. um, If you are looking to work on your money mindset. Um, It's by the author Robert Kiyosaki. And it's, it's a really, really interesting book, highly recommend reading it. But in the book, he says that we need to stop making statements such as I can't afford that, and instead replace it with questions. So for example, instead of saying, I can't afford that, replace it with, how can I afford it? By making this mindset shift, you are opening up yourself to new possibilities. Now, if you are a regular listener of the podcast, you know that I always say in every episode, our minds do not know the difference between imagination and reality. This is really important to know in this situation, because when we are saying things like, well, how could I make this happen? As opposed to, I can't our brains are going to start looking for information and they're going to start looking for evidence to back up the belief that we are putting into our minds so if you were to start your kind of sentence with I can't do that or it's too hard I'll never be able to your brain is going to be like yeah okay and that is what you are going to see in your reality whereas if you start to say things like well how could this happen you're opening your mind up to a world of infinite possibilities and just kind of going off on a bit of a tangent um i don't think i mentioned this in last week's episode but we have a part of our brain called the reticular activating system and it's really important to know about this when it comes to manifesting or changing your mindset in general so the reticular activating system is like a google search engine in your brain so when you put a thought in it's going to look for evidence to back up that belief an example of this I don't know if any of you listening have children and if they play this game, apparently like it is a universal game. I'd never heard of it until recently until my younger two children started playing it in the car. But the game goes, if you see a yellow car when you are driving, the person who spots it has to punch the person next to them. Now, I'm not advocating going on punching people, but the mindset behind this is really interesting. So since the kids have started playing this game in the car on every car journey on the way to school, you will not believe how many yellow cars you see on the road. Now, initially, when they started playing this game, and you might be thinking this too, yellow is quite an odd color. Are there that many yellow cars on the road? Well, let me tell you, yes, there are. There are a lot of yellow cars on the road. And it's not until you start to program your mind to look out for them that you see them. And they honestly are everywhere so I challenge you this week look out for yellow cars I'm not saying go and punch the person next to you when you see one but use this as an experiment in your brain to prove that what you are thinking about those kind of messages that you're putting in really do have a beneficial effect upon what you see in your reality Um, so yeah lots of yellow cars around so give this a go and let me know if you have seen an abundance of them on the roads too So this is important to be aware of because going back to my original point about saying you can't or you can do something and your brain looking for the evidence, if you are putting into your brain, well, how could I make more money? It's going to be looking out for evidence to support that belief that you are putting into it in terms of manifesting money, I do also think it is really good to be specific. Um, so for example, if you were saying, well, I, I want to have more money, that's quite an ambiguous statement, because how much is more? Is it an extra 100, an extra 1000, an extra million pounds? Um, so I always for my personal experience is better to be specific. So for example, I would like to manifest an extra 1000 pounds as this would pay off my credit card. And then I would use the visualization techniques, like I've just mentioned about your mind not knowing the difference between imagination and reality and think about, well, how would that look? How would I feel if I was to pay my credit card off? And then I would take it a bit further and use visual mental rehearsal to really amplify that manifestation. So sticking with the example of paying off a credit card, let's just say, like I said, you need an extra thousand pounds to pay off your credit card. I would get into a quiet, almost meditative state, focusing on my breathing. And I would create a mental movie in my mind of that happening. So would it be online? Would you be logging onto your um, you know, credit card app? And would you be paying it off online? Would you be phoning them up and using phone banking to pay for it? And get really creative with this. So visualize in your mind, that process playing out. So like I said, if you are Um, you know, imagining picking up your phone and clicking onto the app, you know, visualize that process of selecting the amount, putting the amount in, pressing payment or whatever it does, or taking you to your banking. Follow that process in your mind. And as you see yourself paying it off, feel those feelings, the gratitude, the excitement, the relief that it's paid off. And then When I um, use this technique myself, I always take myself to 10 minutes after the event. So 10 minutes after when that event has taken place. So if, for example, you've um, gone onto your um, credit card app, you've paid the amount online and it's all gone through, you then might go back into that app and see the balance at zero, or maybe you um, look at the statement and you see that it's paid in full, or maybe you can go onto your mobile banking and delete the direct debit, so you don't need to pay it anymore. Whatever works for you, but create a kind of role play scenario in your mind when that event has happened and really feel the positive feelings that you would feel when it has taken place. And again, I've said this before, but a really good time to do this is first thing in the morning or last thing at night before you um, get out of bed or before you drop off to sleep. Create this mental movie, play it in your mind and really feel the feelings that you would feel when that event is taking place or has taken place. Question number two is, I feel really stuck and in a rut at the moment. I'm finding it hard to get out of it. This is a really horrible place to be and a really horrible feeling to feel. And so many of my clients come to me Feeling this way because often, when you're kind of stuck in this rut, you then experience those feelings of overwhelm and anxiety. Your mind is sort of telling you, you know, I should be feeling better or I shouldn't be feeling like this, and you just get caught in this real vicious cycle. So, when clients come to see me feeling like this, it's often because they've lost a connection with themselves. That could be down to over committing, it could be down to not prioritizing self care, it could be work pressures, family pressures. Or perhaps, you know, they're experiencing big life changes. Um, Perhaps, you know, children starting school, children leaving school, going off to university or going off traveling. So when you feel like this, it can be a bit of a vicious circle. Like I said, you want to get out of that rut, but equally taking a step forwards feels really daunting and overwhelming. So our brains like familiarity. So consciously being stuck in this rut, kind of going day into day, not making changes beating yourself up feeling this flat feeling although intellectually you know this isn't how you want to feel it doesn't feel good to your subconscious mind this is familiar so if we did something yesterday and we stayed alive and well your subconscious mind is going to encourage you to repeat that pattern the next day because the job of your subconscious mind is to protect you keep you out of danger keep you safe and ensure your survival and your subconscious mind is incredibly powerful, especially if it believes that you are doing something that is going to support your safety and well being. So, we then get into this part of like, okay, well, how do I break this cycle? So, the key thing is to start slow and treat yourself with kindness, treat yourself with compassion, the same level of kindness and compassion that you would give to a small child or your best friend. Because the first thing I want you to do is give yourself that unconditional love, the unconditional forgiveness for all those perceived slip ups, failures, mistakes, things that you felt went wrong and find a way to let it go and practice loving yourself again. Because when you aren't loving yourself, it's really tricky for you to find the things that you should be doing to then help you become motivated again and sustain the effort that you need in order to make those changes to get your life back on track because any setback that you make at that point is just going to reinforce into your mind that you're not good enough that you know those thoughts you have are you know true that you know you are a failure or all those negative things that you're thinking so it requires patience being patient and patient even and kind to yourself and start giving yourself that love that compassion which in turn will help you to see this tide start to turn. Because when we feel like that really flat, stuck in a rut type feeling, you've got one part of your brain going, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. And like I said, that part of your brain that's keeping you stuck in that place of kind of not moving forwards. is trying to protect you. So it's finding ways that are going to help you move forwards um, without beating yourself up. So ultimately your brain is doing its job, but it's gone into overdrive and we need to find a way to start gradually and gently breaking these habits. So you can then start to turn the tide and move yourself forwards. So the first thing is to start slow. And I always say to clients, treat yourself with kindness and compassion. Because when you're feeling stuck, it can be really easy to be self-critical, really harsh on yourself. Like, oh, for goodness sake, I've just got to do this. Why can't I do that? Everybody else is doing that. What's wrong with me? So treat yourself with the same compassion that you would a small child or your best friend. And the first thing I really want you to do is is to give yourself that unconditional love, that unconditional forgiveness for any of the perceived, you know, slip ups, failures, mistakes, or things that you feel that have gone wrong. I want you to practice letting it go and loving yourself beyond anything that has ever happened to you. Because when you're not loving yourself, it's really tricky to find the things that you should be doing that are going to help you get motivated and ultimately back on track. So if you can relate to that... I did do a whole episode on forgiveness. And one of the techniques that I spoke about in there was a Hawaiian forgiveness technique called Ho'oponopono. Now this is a really powerful forgiveness technique. And I'll link the episode below in the show notes. So if this is resonating with you, you can go and listen to that episode and follow um, the, the episode and the techniques to help you get that place of self-forgiveness, so you can give yourself that kindness and compassion which in turn is going to help you think about the steps and find the way out of how you're feeling and this question also kind of links into the question above in a way, once you are giving yourself that kindness and compassion, once you're starting to work on loving yourself and forgiving yourself for any things that you are feeling are you know holding you back, It then goes into the part above where I was saying about using the power of your mind to think about how do you want to be? How do you want to feel? Opening yourself up to solutions and possibilities presenting themselves to you. So question three is a little bit different. Um, And this question said, or the person asking this question said, I work from home and I struggle with constantly snacking. Now, hundred percent, I can relate to this. Um, When you work from home, it can be really easy to slip into bad habits, or maybe that's just me. Um, So first of all, I would look at what are you craving? So are you craving more sugary, salty snacks, kind of like fast food junk type stuff? And if so, are you tired? When we are tired, we crave those sugary sweets and snacks because it gives us that boost of energy, which gives us that moment of kind of feeling, okay, I've got this until you kind of slump the other side again and then you crave more sugar and you get into a vicious cycle. So look at the types of foods that you are kind of snacking on and maybe just look at why you feel you might be doing that. Now, if you think, well, I'm not tired, like I'm just finding myself gravitating back out to the kitchen, perhaps it's down to boredom. And again, totally relate to this. If you're working from home, it can be really easy if you're feeling a bit bored and you're starting to procrastinate to kind of wander off to the kitchen and kind of see what's there to break that habit. One way that I work around this myself is to use time blocking. So time blocking is where you look at your day, you look at the activities that you need to get done. So this is really good to do if you are um, somebody who is prone to feeling overwhelmed as well. And look at the tasks that actually need doing in that day you then break down your day into your kind of working hours let's just say it's eight till four and then you assign those tasks to hours or half hour chunks of that day now the reason this is really good is it keeps you accountable it helps you to be more productive it's also really good if you are somebody who's very self-critical and perhaps doesn't feel they're doing enough in the day because you can look back at the end of the day and see all the things that you have accomplished But also it's keeping you on track um, because your mind's not wondering, oh, what am I doing next? Oh, okay, I know I'm doing this. So keeping yourself busy in a kind of positive way helps to break those habits of kind of gravitating to the kitchen and kind of looking for the things that you can eat to kind of (laughs) break the boredom. Another good thing that I have started doing myself is to do meal planning. So I always plan our like family evening meals um, when I'm doing my when I'm doing my food shopping. But um, I never used to factor in my lunches, and I'm never sure like kind of why I didn't. Because I'd end up getting to lunchtime and then being really really hungry, and then thinking oh I don't know what to make, and then end up having toast. So by planning out meals during the day and also breakfasts you know you're kind of meeting your needs nutritionally, so there's no need for you to feel excessively hungry, which again is a really good way of combating snacking. But if you've tried those and you are finding you're still going to that specific cupboard or area of the kitchen and grabbing those those treats, move the items. So this is something that I've shared with lots of my clients. So a lot of clients come to me um, who are wanting to work on maybe their weight management or mindset around weight. And I think most of us have a part of the kitchen, a cupboard, a drawer where we tend to keep the treats, the biscuits, etc. Now habits are performed unconsciously. So often you might find yourself gravitating to that cupboard, that drawer, grabbing something, not really realizing you're doing it, perhaps even eating it and not really registered eating it. And again, habits are created for repetition. So if you did it yesterday, your brain's going to encourage you to do it again today. So move the cupboard, move it to the opposite side of the kitchen, a different drawer. Because what you will then notice is on autopilot, you will go to that area, you will open the drawer, you will open the cupboard, but the items aren't there, which then gives you that split second to go, hold on, should I be here right now? Do I really need this? And of course, it's always about being kind to yourself. So if you genuinely do want it, and it's, you know, a fine habit. But if you then ask yourself, actually, do you know what? don't really need another biscuit, just being greedy and just procrastinating, it gives you that moment to kind of have that clarity of thought and then move yourself away. So perhaps if you're a smoker and you're looking to quit uh, smoking or reduce the amount of cigarettes you're smoking, moving where you keep the items to a different part of the kitchen or a different bag can really help in just giving you that moment of like is now the right time to be doing this? Is there something else I could be doing instead? And the final question is, um, somebody asked, do you do anything specific at the start and end of your day? So I did touch on this, I think briefly, um, a couple of episodes ago when I did an episode all about anxiety um, and how I deal with it myself. And the answer is yes, I do. And um, as I shared in that episode and as I've shared in many episodes, I suffered debilitating anxiety, which is what led me into the work that I now do. Again, as I explained before, anxiety is always going to be there. It is a self-preservation tool, but what we can do is help to keep it under the surface. And a really good way of doing that is to have techniques or habits that you carry out in your day that help to keep that anxiety kind of under the surface. So for me, I like to try and stick to a routine. I like to try and go to bed at the same time every night and get up at the same time. We like routines. We like to have those positive habits. Our brains like to know kind of what we're doing when. So it's really good to have a set bedtime, set morning time, morning time, morning wake up time and stick to it. So once I get up, um, I... Come downstairs, I sort my kids' breakfast things out. Yes, they are old enough to do it themselves, but it's just easier because it stops any kind of arguing in the kitchen and it just means I can start my day more quietly. And then I would normally do um, a mixture of things. So I like to have different things that I do depending on how I feel. So if it's a morning that I'm feeling quite quiet and my mind's feeling a bit more relaxed, then I would do some meditation. And again, it's not about, um, for me, doing long meditations. I mean, obviously, yes, they're great, but I just don't have the time. But I always think even if you can do five minutes, it's so positive at the start of your day. So I normally come into my office, shut the door firmly, and do a five or 10-minute guided meditation. Personally, I prefer guided meditations because my mind has a habit of being very busy and wandering off. So guided meditations keep me focused. Sometimes I will do some EFT tapping, um, the emotional freedom technique. Again, I've spoken about this a lot. Um, there are some brilliant videos on YouTube that you can go and find, and I might sit and do, do that for a few minutes. Um, I really like EFT if your mind is busy because you are tapping on certain parts of your body as well as saying phrases. So it is encompassing all your senses. It's a great way of calming yourself down, reprogramming your subconscious. Or sometimes I will do um, some breath work, um, specifically the Wim Hof breath work techniques. There's some videos on YouTube. They're really, really good. Or um, sometimes I might just do some um, journaling in my diary. And again, this isn't for, you know, an hour. Just 10 or 15 minutes, I find, helps me start the day on a much more positive note. And then at the end of the day, Again, similar techniques. I don't tend to do EFT before bed for, because for me that kind of like makes me feel quite alert. I might do um, a meditation before bed. I might do some more of the breath work techniques or often before bed, I will do um, like more of like the scripting and journaling and writing because I find that really helps to unwind my mind. I like to try and read before I go to bed and um, where possible, I do try and avoid using my phone. Am I perfect at this? No, I'm not. Um, Again, I spoke about recently reverse bedtime procrastination and how I discovered that this was a thing. And if you haven't heard of it, it's where a nighttime you are kind of looking on your phone, scrolling through social media and intellectually, you know that doing that right then and now is not conducive to anything positive. It's eating into your bedtime and you should be asleep. But your day has been so busy. It's been so accounted for. You've not had any time to yourself. It's almost like your time to kind of like claw back. And, you know, often it's kids are in bed. The house is quiet. There's nobody wanting you or needing you or vying for your attention. So it's almost like, oh, this is my time of peace. And you can get caught in those habits of doom scrolling. That is something I have to be mindful of. So um, I work with clients around the world, which is amazing, but it does mean that I do um, a lot of evenings and sometimes don't finish until quite late. So when I do finish, often, especially with the type of work that I do, my mind's very alert and I need to find a way to kind of switch off quickly. Um, And sometimes it can be very easy to just kind of gravitate to your phone and just have a scroll through. So I really, really try and avoid that because yeah, it's just the worst thing you can do before bed. If you are um, relating to the reverse bedtime procrastination, I would suggest looking at your day as a whole and finding time during the day to give yourself some time to yourself, even if it's just for five or 10 minutes. That kind of goes back to the time blocking of your day. And that's where that's so useful because if you are time blocking out your day, you can actually factor in those little breaks that just give you that moment to just have that time for yourself. I went off on a tangent there. So yeah, before bed, um, really anything other than trying to use my phone. And then when I go to sleep, I always fall asleep listening to some kind of subliminal audio or um, guided hypnosis. Um, Because as I've already said in this episode, that time before you go to sleep, like kind of when you're in that kind of half awake, half asleep state, your mind is more susceptible to the information that it's being um, presented with. So that is a really good time to listen to um, positive subliminals, audios, guided meditations. Um, And if anybody would like, I do have a series of meditations and guided audios. So I'd be happy to share those with you if you'd be interested. Um, But yeah, it's something that I definitely make a habit of doing myself at the end of each day, just to make sure that I'm kind of rounding off the day in the most positive way possible. So I hope you found those questions interesting, useful. Um, If you have enjoyed this episode, please could I ask you just to leave a short review below. It really helps me to reach even more people. And don't forget to download and follow the podcast, because if you do this, then it means that you'll be notified when a new episode is released, it'll go straight to your phone. And If any of the questions that I've spoken about today have made you think about areas in your life or areas that you would like to work on and you feel that I could support you, all my details are below um, and all my social media details. And don't forget, I do offer a free Zoom call. So if anybody wants to find out more, um, I hold a Zoom call online that's free, no obligation, where we can talk in more detail about how sessions would work for you and how they can support you to move forwards. So I hope you all have an amazing week and I will speak to you again soon.